All right, if you'll stand with me and turn to the book of Luke, chapter 17. This morning's passage will be verses 11 through 19. As Pastor Bruce said, he's going to be uh, preaching on thankfulness, and we will look at the story of the ten lepers whom Jesus healed. Again, we're in Luke, chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that they went, and they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten of you cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Let's pray. God, this morning we just ask that through your word, uh, God, you would just take our hearts and, uh, uh, Lord, transform them from hearts that tend to uh, give us attitudes of complaining, Lord, and let us be uh, through your grace, uh, empowered to be thankful and uh, be grateful for uh, the great mercy you have shown us. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Kirk. Appreciate you leading us in our scripture reading. Well, you know, one of the hardest parts about teaching a series on attitudes is keeping a good one while you're going through it. But be encouraged, you're doing great so far, at least as far as I can tell as I look out among our audience here this morning. Uh, it's also a challenge to be the one to preach on a series of attitudes and keep a good one as you're preaching through it. It's amazing how God convicts you as you study and you prepare and you write out these different messages on attitudes. And the uh, and Lord has certainly been working on my heart, I hope he does on yours as well. As I said already this morning, we want to replace a complaining attitude, which is what we looked at last Sunday, with an attitude of thankfulness. And I realize that Thanksgiving is still five months away. But we're going to see that thankfulness is really far more than just a seasonal attitude that we sort of emphasize around the month of November. Thankfulness is an attitude that we really do need to put on each and every day as Christ followers if we want to experience what we have been describing as promised land living. In fact, check this out in your notes. It's coming up on the screen. Thankfulness is an attitude that perfectly replaces my sinful tendency to complain. And by the way, we all have that sinful tendency, do we not? I didn't hear a whole lot of amens there. Listen, we are all in the same boat. We all have this natural sinful tendency to complain within us. And that's why we need the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit to change our hearts and to help us to replace that tendency to complain with an attitude of thankfulness. And thankfulness is an attitude that perfectly replaces that complaining attitude. 
Last Sunday we learned that complaining really is a pretty big deal to God. God dealt severely with the children of Israel for their complaining attitude. And so this is a big deal. Attitudes are a big deal to God. But have you ever considered that the attitude of thankfulness is also a big deal to God? Well, the story of the ten lepers here, which Kirk read for us, really does show us that thankfulness matters to God. In fact, Jesus was pretty disappointed. In fact, you almost could read between the lines here in this story and come away with the idea that Jesus was kind of steamed with these nine ungrateful lepers. Let's look at this story in Luke 17 a little more closely. In verse 12, you notice that as Jesus entered a certain village, ten lepers met him from a distance, and they, and they cried out to him. They were begging for mercy because they were lepers. Now, this is nothing new. If you think about it, since the beginning of time, humanity has been crying out to God for help ever since. God, do this for me. God, do that for me. God, I need this. God, I need that. God, I want this and that. And so this is nothing new, what these ten lepers did when they saw Jesus from a distance. They cried out to Jesus for help, begged him for mercy. And isn't it incredible I'm astonished every time I read this story that God in His merciful, amazing grace never tires of hearing our cries and meeting our needs. That's the kind of God we have. When Jesus sees their need, He tells them in verse 14, it's interesting, He tells them to go and show themselves to the priest. And it says, as they were going, they were miraculously healed of their leprosy. Now, in the Bible, leprosy is a, is a rather broad term that covers a variety of skin diseases, which uh, eats away at one's extremities. It, it brings pain and suffering into your life, and, and ultimately, it renders the victim a virtual outcast from society. In order to uh, get back to one's family. In order to go back to your friends as a leper, you had to get approval from the priest. That's why Jesus tells these ten lepers, go to the priest, get checked out, and make sure the, you are clean, you are cured. In that day and age, the priest sort of acted like the health inspectors to make sure that lepers were cured so as not to contaminate the rest of society. Notice, though, very interesting what this says, that it wasn't until after the ten lepers began making their way to the priest that they were healed. It wasn't before, but it was after. And I'm sure after walking on the dirt road toward the temple that they began to shout with joy when they noticed, we're healed. Hey, check me out. I'm completely healed. Me too. Look at this. I'm totally healed. I mean, can you imagine ten of these lepers all of a sudden? They're walking down the road and now they're miraculously healed. This is unheard of in that day and age. Man, talk about jumping for joy, shouting for joy. Talk about just, I don't know what they were doing. It'd be like the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl or the Royals actually winning that Game 7 last year. Kauffman Stadium is going crazy. Let me tell you, these ten guys, I'm sure, were going crazy 
when they saw themselves healed of their leprosy. In fact, we see, though, I mean, that this is an incredible gift from God. All at once, all ten lepers were healed. But we also notice that nine of them kept going down the road. We see in verse 15 that only one leper turned and walked back to Jesus Christ in order to express his thankfulness. Now, thanklessness is nothing new. For the most part, we live in a thankless society. Now, this shouldn't surprise us today. Paul, the apostle, after all, tells us, he writes in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 2, notice this in your notes, he says, but understand this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. Perhaps you're experiencing some of that already now. For people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. And then what's the next word? Ungrateful. This is the type of culture, society that we have in the last days. And this ungratefulness is like a cancer that infects our lives, and it robs us of our joy. But notice the contrast here in our story with the ten lepers. There is a thankless nine and a thankful one. Ten actions received, and ten attitudes were chosen this day. But only one person chose an attitude of thankfulness. So what do we learn from the story? What can we, as Christ followers today, what can we take away with us when it comes to replacing a complaining attitude with an attitude of thankfulness? Well, I want to emphasize or highlight, draw out of this story for us, three lessons. Lessons from the lepers on thankfulness. And lesson number one is this. Thanklessness is an attitude that disappoints our Lord. It disappoints God. There's no doubt that Jesus was aware and even disturbed by such a flagrant attitude of ungratefulness by these nine lepers. Look again what it says in verses 17 through 18. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Jesus asked three questions here that indicate, that almost it demonstrates his disappointment in these nine lepers. They're all rhetorical questions. So Jesus wasn't trying to figure it out. He's not trying to figure something out. Rather, Jesus was pointing something out. He's pointing out to the one leper who returned, and by doing so, and God recording it for us today, he's pointing out for our benefit the outrageous, ungrateful attitude of these nine lepers. He wants us to take notice of it. In fact, let me just give to you a couple of observations that surface from these three questions that Jesus asked. The first observation is this. Jesus notices those who are ungrateful. He takes notice. In fact, Jesus not only took exception to these nine lepers, but he took notice of their ungratefulness. 
And in the same way, our Heavenly Father notices everything about our lives, including our ungrateful attitudes. Listen, we can try all we want, but we, we can't hide our ungratefulness from God. We think an attitude is something in the heart, and it is. But God looks where? God has the ability to see way down into our hearts. He sees the depths of our hearts where our attitudes see, takes form, and it comes out. We can't hide it. Jesus notices those who are ungrateful, and God our Father notices our attitudes even today. The second observation we see is Jesus expects us to be thankful. He expects us to be thankful. Remember, these ten lepers were living as outcasts from society. If you were a leper in this day, let me tell you, you you had a death sentence on you. There was no hope for your life. And Jesus, by the grace of God, miraculously heals them. Man, this is unbelievable. That's something to get excited about and be thankful for. Would you not agree with that? You would have expected all ten lepers to, to, I mean, run as fast as they could back to Jesus and thank Him for a new start in life. But only one out of nine did so. And yet Jesus expected and rightfully expected all ten lepers to give thanks. Now before we judge these nine lepers too harshly, let me just throw out a question for us. How often, though, do we take our own blessings from God and then run off and never stop to thank the Lord for the blessings in our own lives? You see, I think if we're honest, we we have to admit we're, we're, we're kind of more like the nine than we are the one at times. All too often, we're content to enjoy the gift, but we neglect to give thanks to the giver. We're quick to pray for mercy, but slow to praise the mercy giver. The truth is, if we never received another blessing from God for the rest of our lives, we could still fill each day with genuine gratitude. We have so much to be thankful for, but somehow we make the choice to turn from all that we've received and focus on what we still want in life. That's where complaining comes in. We minimize the blessings of God. And we magnify every negative circumstance we encounter. And when that happens in our life, when we do it that way, we, we, life becomes like a wilderness, and, and then we begin to wonder why our joy has been sucked dry. And we wake up one morning, we're like, man, life stinks. What happened? And it's because we have moved from being thankful to move over to a complaining side of life. Listen, if we want to enjoy promised land living, then we must pay heed to this first lesson. And that is thanklessness disappoints our Lord. And then we must seek to apply the second lesson from the leper. Lesson number two here is thankfulness is an attitude that is much more than just saying thanks. It's much more than just saying thanks. You know, genuine gratitude 
is much more than the kind of thanks we were often taught to say as children. Maybe uh, your mom was the same as my mom. No sooner would someone give us three boys a cookie than we would feel her elbows and hear the whispers, what do you say? Say thank you. Say thank you. So by the time us boys were five, six, seven years old, let me tell you, the Adrian boys had learned to say thanks about a million times. And then before I knew it, I was poking my own two boys. What do you say? What do you say? Say thanks. Listen, that's a great place to start, is it not? In teaching kids about thankfulness. To be thankful. But as we get older... Saying thanks tends to become just another cliche in our vocabulary rather than a genuine attitude of thankfulness or gratefulness. I'm sure you found yourself in public situations where, where politeness requires a steady stream of thanks, such as when you go to a restaurant. Here's your table, sir. Thank you. Here's your menu, sir. Thank you. More coffee, sir? Yes, please. Thanks. Another refill? Yes, please. Thanks again. And it, it's, just, it, we, it's just part of our vocabulary, and rightfully so. In fact, our society could use a little more of these cliches in our vocabulary. But as any waitress will tell you, the number of thanks and the amount of tip do not necessarily go together. I'm sure Zach will say a hearty amen to that. He used to be a waiter at Jose Pepper's. Listen, the kind of heart attitude that God desires is much more than just a verbal cliche of gratitudes. And that's just what we see with this one leper here. Look at the gratitude displayed by this one leper in verses 15 and 16. It says, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, look at the actions in this verse. When he saw that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice he glorified God, and he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. These two verses have thankfulness in action written all over them. Yes, thankfulness is an attitude that says thanks, but folks, when it's genuine, it's an attitude that goes way beyond just saying thanks. And so what I want us to do here for a few minutes is kind of look at these two verses and kind of develop or look how we can develop genuine thankfulness. It's not only an attitude, but an action as well. Number one is to see the blessings of God in your life. See the blessings of God in your life. The reason this one leper returned to give thanks to Jesus was because he saw that he was healed. Now, that seems like a rather simple statement, but it is a key statement. Does that mean that the other nine lepers didn't see that they were healed too? No, I don't think so. I, I, I'm, I'm sure these other nine lepers saw that they were healed. So what's the difference between the one and these nine? Well, I think the difference is the one leper saw with a heart of thankfulness. So who do we identify with more? The nine lepers who saw but gave no thanks, or, or the one leper who saw with a heart of thankfulness. You see, we, in, in some ways, I, I can identify so much with these nine lepers, and I'm, perhaps you can as well. 
We see the blessings of God every day, but we see them with our eyes, but not with our heart. In fact, we even experience, do you, do you realize this? We even experience the blessings of God every day. We experience His goodness and grace every day, both believers and unbelievers. Every day we wake up alive is a blessing of God. Wow, we have enough to be thankful for, don't we? Life, health, food, clothing, shelter, sunshine, and rain. And oh, have we been thankful for the rain lately, haven't we? We're like tired of the rain. God, that's enough. Turn it off. I want to see the sun. Oh, God's grace on the world of humanity is more than enough to have an attitude of thankfulness. And yet, how many of us see right past these general blessings to humanity or even fail to see them with genuine thankfulness? Warren Wiersbe writes in his book, God Isn't in a Hurry. He says, and I quote, I have felt for a long time that one of the particular temptations of growing Christians is the danger of getting accustomed to his blessings. Like the world traveler who has been everywhere and seen everything, the growing Christian is in danger of taking his blessings for granted and getting so accustomed to them that they fail to excite him as they once did. Emerson said that if the stars came out only once a year, everybody would stay up all night to behold them. We have seen the stars so often that we don't bother to look at them anymore. We have grown too apathetic to our blessings. Boy, that is true. That is true of my life, and perhaps it's true of yours. We can grow apathetic to the blessings of God. And that's why we need to take time in our quiet times, or as we're driving, or, or just whenever, and just pause and give thanks to God, and visually see, both, yes, with our physical eyes, but with our heart, and see the blessings of God, the blessings of His goodness and His grace on our lives, as, as general blessings over humanity, but if you're a Christ follower today, oh, the blessings are magnified. And you're like, well, what blessings of a Christ follower do I have? Well, I don't have time to get into all those blessings, but let me point you to a couple of passages for you to read this week of some of the blessings that you have to be thankful for as a Christ follower here today. You could go to Psalm 103. That whole chapter is filled with the blessings of God. Psalm 103. And then you could go to Ephesians chapter 1. And Paul reminds us of the riches that we have in Christ Jesus. We have more than enough to be thankful for. We have been deeply and graciously blessed by God. This is why I love what Robert Louis Stevenson once said, the person who stops being thankful has fallen asleep in life. How true. Are we neglecting to see the blessings of God's goodness and grace because we have fallen asleep, perhaps spiritually speaking? Listen, we need to wake up. And we need to see with a heart of thankfulness. It's the first step in developing 
an attitude of genuine thankfulness as Christ's followers. Number two is then choose to give thanks. Choose. The thankful leper didn't stop with just seeing he was healed. He returned to Jesus to give thanks. This one leper, in other words, he made a willful choice to return and give thanks to Jesus. And so thankfulness is a choice that we make. It's just as real as any other decision we make in life. Psalm 107 verse 8 says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. This verse says would give thanks, not could give thanks. This means God has made each of us with the capacity to express thankfulness. It's a choice that we make. You can choose the attitude of gratitude as much as you can choose your diet or your underwear that you're going to wear. It's a choice. Reminds me of the little boy who was asked by his dad to pray at the dinner table before the family began to eat their meal. And while the rest of the family waited with their heads bowed, the little boy, man, he just eyed every dish that his mother had placed on the table. And finally, after his examination of all the food, that he bowed his head and he honestly prayed, Lord, I don't like the looks of it, but I thank you for it and I'll eat it anyway. Amen. <laughs> Listen, just like this little boy, we must choose to give thanks even if you don't like the looks of what God is dishing out on your plate of life. Choose to give thanks. Number three, praise God as your gracious and ultimate provider. Praise God. What, when the leper returned, what did he do first? Well, it says he glorified God with a loud voice. His praising God showed that he saw the hand of God in his miraculous healing. And then what's interesting here, loud voice, that phrase, those two words there, come from two Greek words from which we get the English word megaphone. And so that tells us that when he glorified God, when he praised God, he didn't do it silently, he did it with a loud voice. A megaphone voice. Earlier, he had cried out for what? With a loud voice. He had cried out to Jesus for mercy. And now, later, after being healed, get this, he is now crying out with the same loud voice. This time, he's crying out with praise to the one who healed him. This leper is putting into practice Psalm 106, verse 1, where it says, Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. Now, why is this so important? This is key. Praising God. Expressing our praise to God. In other words, expressing our thankfulness to God. This is very key. And the question is, why? Because it's only when we recognize God as our gracious provider, as our ultimate provider, do we begin to comprehend our very need for God. And then begin to express faith in God. This is significant. That means faith to believe in God sprouts in the soil of thankfulness. If you go to Romans chapter 1, 
the Apostle Paul begins to make this argument for this case right here. He, he writes in Romans 1 that, that God created the universe and, and within the heart of every person is an awareness of the reality of God as Creator. In a part, Paul says, from thankfulness, an attitude of thankfulness, apart from that, our awareness of God will always be suppressed. And then Paul makes this statement after this. In Romans 1, verse 21, he says, Because although they knew God, speaking of the general world, we know God by creation, we know God by even our conscience, and although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God. And then it's interesting, he says, nor were they thankful. But they became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were then darkened. In other words, Paul is basically saying for us here that our acceptance of God as Creator, or our rejection of God as Creator, hinges somewhat on the very level of thankfulness in one's heart. In other words, thankfulness plays a part. It is key. It, it, it has an influence, if you will, on humanity's acceptance or rejection of God Almighty. Here's the point. All the good things that God wants to bring into your life sprout in the soil of thankfulness. Listen, praising God as the ultimate provider and acknowledging that is key to our lives as Christ followers. Number four, express your appreciation with humility. When the leper returned to Jesus, he acted with humility. How do we know this? Well, it says in verse 16 that he, he fell down on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. It's interesting, the, the Maasai tribe in West Africa have an unusual way of saying thank you. When the Maasai express thanks, they, they bow and then they put their foreheads in the ground and they say, my head is in the dirt. When members of another African tribe want to express gratitude, they will so oftentimes sit for a long time in front of the hut of the person who did a favor for them and say, I sit on the ground before you. These Africans understand well what thankfulness is and why it's somewhat difficult for us. Because at its core, thankfulness is an act of humility. Now, I'm not suggesting that we all start sitting in front of people's front doors on their porches. I'm not suggesting that or even telling each other, my head is in the dirt, my head is in the dirt. But we do need to understand that genuine thankfulness is expressed with humility. It's expressed with sincerity. It's not said flippantly or with a sense of arrogance as if what you did for me, you, it was owed to me. And that's sometimes how a lot of our thanks comes across when it's expressed with cliches. It's not expressed with a heart of gratitude, genuine thankfulness. It's almost as if it's expressed, it's about time you did that for me. Thanks. You should have done it sooner. No, it's, 
It's humility. It's done with sincerity. Number five, then, is to be thankful regardless of your circumstances. Be thankful regardless of your circumstances. Notice the very last phrase in verse 16. Don't miss this phrase. Look what it says in verse 16. It's one sentence. And he was a Samaritan. And he was a Samaritan. Now why do you think Luke put this little detail in the story here for us? I mean, what's the significance of that phrase? And he was a Samaritan. I mean, it almost, it's almost as Luke adds this little detail as an afterthought to the story. Well, God wanted this small but significant detail in the story for our benefit. He's telling us something about this one leper. He's telling us his ethnicity. He's a Samaritan. Now, that may not mean a whole lot to us right now. And so let me just briefly give you a little background of what that is. Samaritans in that day and age were hated by the Jews. Oh, were they hated by the Jews. They were considered half-breeds. And so they were often victims of racial prejudice by the Jews. God's chosen people, a people group who, more than any other, should have been showing love and kindness. Consequently, on a human level, this Samaritan leper, let me tell you, out of all the lepers, we're not told whether all of them were Samaritans or, or if it was mixed, whatever, but we do know this one leper, and so he was a Samaritan, so if any of them, he had a big reason not to return to Jesus to give thanks, because after all, who was Jesus? He was Jewish. And yet, in spite of his circumstances of being a Samaritan, being ridiculed on, being considered a half-breed, being an outcast, if you will, he returned gratefully in spite of all that. Here's the point. No one has an acceptable excuse for ungratefulness. Everyone can make the choice to be thankful in spite of their circumstances. Everyone can acknowledge the goodness and grace of God in our lives. I love the story that Matthew Henry, Matthew Henry was a, uh, a phenomenal Bible scholar over 250 years ago, who his commentaries still stand today and are read. And he, he, he writes in his diary, listen to what he writes, it is phenomenal. He wrote these words in his diary after he was robbed of all the money he had. Now just imagine that. Somebody comes to your house while you're gone and robs you blind, completely of everything. What would you say? What would you write in your diary? We don't keep diaries. What would you post on Facebook? What would you tweet after being robbed? Here's what one Christ follower had to say. He said, let me be thankful first, because I was never robbed before. Second, because although they took my wallet, they did not take my life. Third, let me be thankful that although they took my all, it was not much anyway. And fourth, because it was I who was robbed, and not I who robbed. Man, that is powerful. Will we 
Will we catch hold of this truth for our own lives? That we can choose to be thankful in spite of our circumstances, no matter what they may be. This is the same truth that the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, where he says, in everything give thanks. It's not necessarily mean that we give thanks for all calamity and tragedy in our lives and all the bad things, but in those things, as Christ followers, we still can give thanks. In everything give thanks. Why? Paul says, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And then Paul, writing from prison himself, prison, mind you, tells us in Ephesians 5.20, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, thankfulness is to be a character trait of Christ's followers. And if it's not, something's wrong. It means we ought to do an examination of our hearts. We need to let God do an attitude check on us. If Thankfulness does not characterize our lives as followers of Jesus Christ. No doubt about it, thankfulness is a choice that pleases God. So are you choosing thankfulness as your attitude? And here's the best part. When you do, it is life-changing. Notice lesson three. Thankfulness is an attitude that releases joy back into our lives. Has the joy been sucked dry in your life? then choose to be thankful. It's an attitude that releases joy. Notice what Jesus tells the thankful leper in verse 19. And he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Understand, Jesus was not talking about being made well physically. Rather, Jesus was now talking about being well spiritually in his soul. Jesus was saying, in effect, because of your faith in God, which is now evidenced by your thankful heart, you have been made well in a much more profound, eternal way than those who refuse to be thankful. Get this. Do you realize there is a benefit to being thankful? It benefits us to be Thankful people. Notice this. Number one, first of all, great joy is released when we thank God for His sovereignty. Great joy is released when we thank God for His sovereignty. This is what the Samaritan leper did when he returned to Jesus to glorify God, to praise God. He praised God for sovereignly intervening and working in his life. Go back to the beginning of the story. This is really interesting. You go back and notice what it says in verse 11. This is why I love God's Word, because every word matters in the Word of God. Things are not in the Word of God just for, to fill in space. All right? Notice what it says in verse Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem. Now it happened. That almost sounds like it was by accident that as Jesus went to Jerusalem, he entered a certain village and met these ten lepers. It just happened. You see, when we talk in life, we're like, yeah, that happened, you know, and it just, well, it almost happens by accident. Yeah, man, I almost got, got a speeding ticket. 
Man, pass that police officer on the side of the road. Oh, man, it almost happened, but I didn't. And then maybe the next day, oh, man, it just happened. I got pulled over. And we, and we just we talk casually about how things happen in our lives. But this, listen, listen to me, this was no accident that Jesus just happened to run into these ten lepers. This was the sovereignty of God at work in the lives of these ten lepers. And it was the Samaritan leper who returned to give thanks to God, and he's the one who experienced great joy that the other nine lepers missed out on. So often, I really do believe, this is where, this is where our thankfulness often becomes man-centered or God-centered. Man-centered thankfulness or God-centered thankfulness. And, and here's what I mean by that. If we're God-centered in our view of life, and that is that God is sovereign. He's constantly working. He's constantly intervening in humanity. And we know that He's evidenced this all the time in the past. And He continues to do this even now. God is sovereignly working His plan to fruition. And God sovereignly works in your life and in my life. And, and so if we are God-centered, then we understand that everything in our lives is for a purpose. It doesn't just happen by accident. God is sovereignly in control of all things, ultimately working together for His glory and our good. And so whether the circumstances that you're going through right now, whether you consider them good or bad, listen, we can trust God and we can thank God for His sovereign working in our lives. Remember, God has been said, I love this. In fact, Pastor Chris shared this because he did a whole session in our MAC training on attitudes. And he highlighted this saying. It's, it's phenomenal. And I want to give it to you. And remember, God chooses what we go through. That's His sovereignty. But we choose how we go through it. And those who choose an attitude of thankfulness will experience renewed joy in their lives. Here's a truth to remember. Thankful people are joyful people. Thankful people are joyful people. And so if you lack joy in your heart, perhaps this morning, I encourage you, let God do an attitude check on your heart of where you're at in, in, in your thankfulness. Regardless of the circumstances you're living in right now. Thankful people are joyful people. But there's another benefit, another blessing Greater joy is released when we thank God for His sufficiency. You see, by returning to Jesus to give thanks, this leper received something far greater than just physical healing. And by the way, that was phenomenal, wasn't it? And yet, he got something better than that. He received spiritual healing from his sins. 
Nine lepers were declared physically clean by a priest. But do you realize this guy, this one leper, was declared spiritually well by the very Son of God, Jesus Christ. The ultimate priest. The one and final priest. Yes, it is a wonderful thing to experience the miracle of physical healing, but it's even more wonderful to experience the miracle of eternal salvation. And this miracle of salvation is made possible only by the sufficiency of God in His Son, Jesus Christ. And so when you experience the sufficiency of God's grace in Jesus Christ, let me tell you, it is cause for great joy and great thankfulness. Are you a believer in Christ this morning? If yes, then you have everything to be thankful about. Again, go to Ephesians 1 and read about your benefits of being a Christ follower. Be reminded of what God has done for you. Listen, it's much more than just being saved from hell. So much more than that. Oh my. And if you're not a Christ follower yet this morning, listen, do you realize that even today, God extends His invitation. He is inviting you to experience the joy of His salvation by trusting in the sufficiency of His Son, Jesus Christ, to forgive you of your sins and to make you well spiritually in your soul. Has there been a time in your life when you've experienced that? Has there been a time in your life when you've admitted your need for Jesus Christ and, and by faith you have asked Jesus to forgive you and save you and now you are living your life for Jesus as a Christ follower? You know, we really do have so much to be thankful for, don't we? So like this one leper put on, an attitude of thankfulness. In fact, let me end with this last thing in your notes here. Notice this. Gratitude is the attitude that sets the altitude for living. Man, that is really so true. So how high are you flying this morning? Are you flying at low altitude where life is focused on the negative or at high altitude where life is focused on the goodness and grace of God? Let me just wrap this up with an illustration of this. That gratitude is the attitude that sets the altitude for living. I'm sure you have your own illustration personal. Let me show you how this works even with a group. A few years ago, back in, I believe it was 2000, we, uh, went, when I was a youth pastor here, we went to summer camp at Cherry Mountain Camp. I've shared this before years ago. And uh, so we'd never been to this camp before, and so I decided, man, we need to go take a uh, kind of a preview, check it out type of trip down there during the week. And so I grabbed a, five key guys out of our youth group. In fact, I think Zach went, and Wes, did you go? Sam, did you go? I can't remember if you were with us or not. Anyway, there are five of us and myself, and we went down. We drove down to Lake of the Ozarks, and we checked out this camp. We were getting ready to go to like four weeks later with our whole youth group. And we, we pulled into this camp. And, and we started looking around the facilities and, and what they had, pool, you know, and basketball court. And then we went into the dorms, and, and you start checking things out, the calf, the food. And, and, and I knew, without even saying anything, I could read it on the faces of these teens, these teen guys. 
this place sucks. <laughs> what are you taking us to, Bruce? I mean, it, and I had to admit, man, I was taken back by the condition of the facility. I mean, it was awful. The bathrooms were the most disgusting bathrooms I'd ever seen in my life, and I'd seen some pretty nasty bathrooms. I have two boys. <laughs> my wife would agree with that one. And I knew right then on the way back, we were going to have to do a little talking as a, as a group of guys. Because our attitude was going to set the tone for the rest of the youth group in our week of camp. And so we had a heart-to-heart -heart on that drive back. Guys, listen, the, 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 the facilities may stink, but we can have a great week at camp still. If our attitudes are good, we can choose now, and the rest of the youth group will follow your lives' lead. Let me tell you, Every one of us can set the example for our families, for our friends, for somebody. We can set the altitude with our attitudes. And I asked these guys afterwards, that camp was one of the best camps we ever had, wasn't it? It was a phenomenal camp. Not because of the facilities, mind you. It was a great camp because our attitudes were right and God worked in that camp that week. It was, it was gr great. Now, do I wish for a better facility? Oh, yeah, believe you me. But it was a great week. Listen, your attitude really does make a difference. What are you going to choose here this morning? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Lord, help us to be thankful and grateful for the truth of your word that you have revealed to us. And oh, that we would give thanks for your wonderful grace and goodness in our lives. Thank you for the assurance of sins forgiven in Jesus Christ and the promise of eternal life in Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to be thankful in all things and that we would live with joy in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.